are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Dot com. We are moving on into Ole Miss game week this week for the Arkansas Razorbacks, which is always an interesting game for many different reasons. And we'll actually have some fun with that later this week and talking about some of the matchups between Arkansas and Ole Miss here of recent memory. The game is always fun. It's always interesting. It's always competitive. And it's also weird. But it is a game week for Arkansas and Ole Miss, so we're really looking forward to that. But there's a lot of things going on in the SEC for many different reasons and many different games and matchups happening this weekend. And we had a chance to catch up with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South, who writes and covers for the SEC and had a lot of great points as he joined uh, me on Out of Bounds earlier today. And we want to replay that interview for you. So without further ado, let's jump right into it and welcome in on the phone lines, Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. Connor, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I don't think I'm as riled up as the Arkansas faithful, but I am fired up after what we saw in the SEC. Well, you know what? Let's just start right there because I know that we said we're on to Ole Miss, but it's still kind of hanging out in the back of our minds. So what what do you make of that play and that call and that ending of that game? What was your reaction to it all? Oh, I mean, it's pretty black and white. Arkansas got robbed. There, there's no other way to say it. I mean, Auburn right now is lucky to be 2-1, and one, and Arkansas is unlucky to be 1-2. and two. It was the fact that the spike was a backwards pass. I mean, it was incorrectly called. The SEC officiating came out and admitted that. They messed up. It was clear that it cost Arkansas a chance at a second win this year, and there's really no other way to look at it. I don't care what Auburn fans say. The game came down to that, and it's pretty obvious if that call is properly made then Arkansas takes over the football and we're not talking about a one and two start but you know that, that's reality and I, I credit Arkansas for being in that position at the end of the game where they forced Auburn and Chad Morris to come up with a game-winning drive at Jordan Hare I mean let's talk about that just that simple fact uh, a game where you're without Raheem Boyd you know Traylon Burks is healthy and still they're able to do that and put themselves in that position. That's how quickly things have changed with Sam Pittman, and I think that's a testament to the job that he and that coaching staff have done because that team's been ready to go all three weeks. And look around the SEC. There are not a lot of teams that can truly say that they've been ready to go all three games that they've played so far. It's just a shame that it came down to such a, a poor call at the very end of it. When you look at this game with the two teams upcoming with Arkansas and Ole Miss, what have you been impressed with so far for both teams, and where can both teams improve? The sneakiest matchup in all of college football this weekend is the Ole Miss offense against this Arkansas defense. It really is. It's great. And if you didn't get a chance to watch Ole Miss and what it did on Saturday night against Alabama, I think they just they just went for another 80-yard touchdown drive. I mean, that's, that's what they've been doing all year with Matt Corral at quarterback. It's been so fun to watch, and I had a chance to catch up with him last week and talk about this journey and just kind of realize the guy is perfect for Lane Kiffin's offense and what they're doing with him. They have no limitations. Arkansas has not seen an offense like this that can do the variety of things that Ole Miss can do with Matt Corral at the quarterback position. If you don't account for him on third down, he's more than capable of scrambling for a first down. If you don't have have over-the-top coverage with your safeties, he's more than capable of floating in a deep ball to any one of his receiving weapons to be able to beat you. He's been making smart decisions all year, and for this Arkansas defense, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see because they have not faced an offense that is complete just yet. They knew what to expect against a team like Mississippi State that was going to want to throw the ball, and they could rely on that game plan. They didn't have to make those in-game adjustments. This is the game where I really think that they're going to have to make those in-game adjustments because Lane is calling plays right now at such a high level that it's going to be a fantastic chess match to watch Barry Odom against Lane Kiffin, two guys who, in my opinion, are as good as there is in the sport right now at calling plays. Well, looking at Lane Kiffin, I'll admit that uh, both of these coaches being in their first year with him and Sam Pittman, you know, it's still up in the air as far as what the future holds for both of them being successful. But I'll admit, like, Lane Kiffin in this offense is so scary. And I'm a little surprised that he got it going this quickly. Now, the defense is absolutely atrocious, and they have some issues there. But uh, are you surprised that Lane Kiffin has stepped in and has this offense moving like it is, especially in year one and especially when he didn't recruit the majority of these players? In hindsight, no. And Lane has said this, that he took over that job. And, you know, we, we heard this week about the, the talks that he had with Arkansas about that opening. But one of the reasons that Ole Miss won out was because of the young talent that they had at the skill player position. And he looked on a game or two of what they did last year and was like, hey, I can absolutely work with this. And sure enough, that, that is what he has done so far. And I'll be honest, I, I thought that going into the year, John Rice Plumley was going to be the guy. I thought he was just too electric with the ball in his hands not be the starter. Nuh-uh. Matt Corral is the guy. He is playing right now at such a high level at the quarterback position where I, I don't think there are five guys in all of college football that are playing quarterback better than he is. So, yeah, I mean, they had the pieces to be able to succeed right away on offense. On defense, they were going to struggle. That was inevitable. As soon as Wayne Kiffin decided that he was going to hire D.J. Durkin and Chris Partridge, to run his defense, that was going to be a bad defense no matter what. And I don't care what he tries to say. They were brought in for recruiting purposes. They weren't brought in there for X's and O's purposes. And they're really seeing the effects of that so far. This could be a really good matchup for Felipe Franks, but I am not necessarily surprised to see the offensive success that, that Kiffin's had. It just looks maybe a little bit different than what I was originally expecting with John Rice Plumlee. So how did Matt Corral become such an ideal fit? Because there were a lot of people, not only you, that were high on John Rice Plumley. You know, Matt Corral is somebody who I think a lot of people expected to leave at this time last year, and he, he kind of got word from somebody in the program, look, Lane is taking over, and you're, you're a great fit in his offense. And he dedicated himself to learning his offense, which he didn't understand at first. He really didn't. This is somebody who, third coordinator in his many years, and really, you know, last year with Rich Roddick just didn't really work out. But he got valuable SEC reps last year, and so, you know, he starts organizing these 5.30 a.m. film sessions to be able to learn Kiffin's offense. And soon soon after that, all these all the quarterbacks start joining him, and he just takes off with it, and it clicks. Mm-hmm. And he has worked out so well with Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin to where Kiffin gives him freedom at the line of scrimmage to be able to audible and call some plays. But at the same time, it's still Kiffin's offense, and he still wants to be able to have control over it. And Corral has just been, you know, the guy that's keeping his head down he knows the defense is terrible, and he just keeps playing football. That's the guy that worries. You're up 14 points. Go ask Kentucky about this. You're up 14 points against him late. He doesn't care. He's just going to keep coming out and playing. They're going to keep running their offense and trying to score points. That's what Arkansas has to remember. you got to be able to play 50 minutes against this old men's offense because they keep coming and coming and coming. We'll continue our discussion with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here in just a second. But first, got to tell you about rockauto.com. You know, there, it's amazing how different mini vehicles are in the world now. I mean, it just seems like every time you turn around, they got a different make, a different model, a different year. No matter what it is and no matter what car you have, 
you're going to need parts for it. Now, some of you may want to go down to the dealerships and overpay for car parts or a parts store or anything like that. Well, stop doing that. RockAuto.com is where it's at. It's a family business, and they've been serving the auto part community for online for over 20 years. And if you go there, they have basically everything you would ever need, no matter the year, make, or model. Engine control models, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, whatever it is, they got you set up over at rockauto.com. They have reliably low prices, and you play the same no matter if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. So why would you spend up to twice as much for the same car parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the car parts you have available for your car or truck. But be sure to write in Locked On and How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. Head over to rockauto.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. You know, Connor, I want to ask you, uh, going back to Sam Pittman, and there's no doubt that here in Arkansas, everyone is very impressed so far with the job Sam Pittman has done. I know they're 1-2, and two, should be 2-1, two and one, but even against Georgia in their opening game, you saw uh, some tremendous strides. It's almost shocking that this team is playing this well with the new head coach, considering how bad Chad Morris was for him the past two seasons. And honestly, especially defensively, uh, the defense was more talented last year because you had two guys – on the team that are now playing in the NFL with uh, Sosa Aguim and Cameron Curl, and you don't really have those guys just yet. But looking at the job Sam Pittman has done so far, first off, how surprised are you by the job he's done? And second off, how has he been able to do it with a lot of guys that most people wouldn't consider to be highly talented in this league? You know, it, it's about system, and this is just what he's done. And I would actually, I'd say, you know, Bumper Pool and Grant Morgan right now, those guys are looking like NFL guys. Like they're going to have a an NFL job. And Joe Fouché, I know, has played really well in the early going. But, you know, this is system. This is what Barry Owen does. I mean, he's gone to two different places, Memphis and, and Mizzou, and he's taken over defenses that aren't loaded with four-star talent, and he just puts them in positions to succeed. And that's what I was saying coming into this year. You know, I thought he could for Arkansas, what Mike McIntyre did for Ole Miss in that defense last year, where he takes it over, and all of a sudden, they actually are able to make open field tackles. And it's just prioritized in a much different way to get somebody that knows how to game plan, and it shows. So I think defensively, that's the biggest thing. You know, people are criticizing this hire about, you know, saying that Sam Pittman didn't have the experience at the Power 5 level as a head coach or coordinator and saying that Arkansas is doomed to fail as a result. Well, it's like, no, it's not just based on that. It's based on do with your position coaches, what you do with your top assistants. Look at what LSU did with Coach O. Now, that was a, a move that was really criticized, and everybody's like, ah, he's a cheerleader. He's somebody who should be coaching in trenches as a position coach. But you look at the hires that he made one after another, and you're like, all right, this, this all kind of works. And that's the model that Arkansas is trying to follow with Sam Pittman. Guys respond to Coach O. Guys clearly respond to Sam Pittman, and they're doing good things right now that are ahead of schedule, in my opinion, and time will tell if they have the depth to be able to hold up. I know you guys were talking about that before, but, man, the early returns are really, really good, and this is going to be a foundation where I think they're going to be able to build a lot of momentum in the recruiting world, and Sam Pittman's proof of concept in year one so far looks really good. How can Arkansas's defense slow down the Ole Miss offense, and how aware do they have to be of Matt Corral taking off running? You know, the conventional wisdom says keep them off the field as long as possible. This is a game where Arkansas really needs to be able to establish the run. You can't be giving them short fields. You can't have the type of Felipe Franks mistakes that we've seen throughout his career that just 
ultimately shoot a team in, in the foot. I think that it's going to be controlling the line of scrimmage with the ground game because that's where you can really take advantage of a team like Ole Miss. I mean, they don't tackle. That, that, they have not discovered how to tackle yet. It's been atrocious so far in these first three games. And even Kentucky, which blew the late lead, still ran for 400 yards against that team. So if you're Arkansas, you have to be able to run the football. That's the key area. If you can get this Ole Miss offense somewhat out of rhythm, that's the key. And when you have a chance to wrap up Matt Corral, you have to be able to do it. Because what he does so well on third down, if you can recognize when a play breaks down and he can get those six, seven yards and pick up a first down to keep a drive alive. You can't miss those tackles on him, and you've got to do whatever you possibly can to keep that old Miss offense off the field. Otherwise, it's going to turn into a long day, and it's going to turn into a frustrating day for this Arkansas defense that so far has has exceeded expectations, but nobody has really been able to slow down this Ole Miss offense, including Alabama, just yet. Who's good in this conference? We know that Bama is, uh, but you know they obviously showed some weakness there on defensively. Georgia's look pretty strong, uh, but we know that uh, there may be some instances there. But besides them, those are the only two undefeated teams. But so who's good or who's great, however you want to put it, in this conference right now? I don't know. Just get back to me like December 19th. How about that? We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. No, it's, you know, so far, I I had this predicted, and I think this is something worth remembering with a 10-game conference-only schedule where you don't have these group of five games, these FCS games to get your feet wet. And there are certain teams, LSU being one of them, that really, really needed it and did not get it this year, and they're being exposed. But you're going to see these losses. I didn't think that we were going to see an SEC team undefeated going into the conference championship. And sure enough, after Georgia and Alabama play this weekend, there's going to be one undefeated team left in the SEC. I mean, that's a crazy thought, but that just shows you there's a lot of parity in this league right now. I think Georgia's great. I think Georgia's going to win this weekend against Alabama. I think that finally Nick Saban is going to lose to an assistant. Finally, Nick Saban is going to lose to an SEC East team. And we're going to be talking about Georgia as a potential national title contender and, and whether or not they're as good as Clemson. I think that's going to be the conversation after this week. I think Bama's really good. I think they have issues to figure out in the defense, obviously. They can't make the same excuses that they did last year or they had injuries in the front seven. They need to figure it out this weekend or else it's going to be ugly for that defense. But I'd say those teams right now, you can't say that Florida is truly elite until they figure out those defensive issues. I thought after week one against Ole Miss, they'd be able to figure it out with getting some of those starters back but the open field tackling has just been terrible. And that's a theme throughout the SEC. LSU is also a team that's been terrible with the open field tackling. And it's prevented some of these teams that have explosive, fun offenses from really having you know these records that, that show that, hey, they are doing some historic things on the offensive side of the ball. But right now, yeah, there's two really good teams in the SEC. And if you're asking me to pick one, I'd probably pick Georgia right now. So why do you give Georgia that edge? The defense is something that separates it. I mean, think about this, guys. Like, Georgia right now is, is number one in the SEC in defense, right, at 12.3 points per game allowed. It allowed three touchdowns all year on the offensive side. They are 10 points per game better than the second-best defense in the SEC. I mean, that that is a crazy margin. Nobody in the SEC is playing defense right now, with maybe the exception of teams like Arkansas or Mississippi State that have exceeded expectations. But Georgia is doing so at a different level. And Georgia feels like it's playing a different sport right now. And it's just the fact that they have so many of these guys in the front seven we saw in the second half against Tennessee. They just keep coming after you. And they don't have to bring seven guys like what Florida tries to do with Todd Grantham. They can bring four guys and get so much pressure on you like they did against Auburn. And they did it against Tennessee, too, 
where they just find ways to fool you. They are so disciplined. No window dressing really works against that defense. And they just understand. They have a clear game plan. They execute Dan Lanning is doing a tremendous job with that group, with Kirby Smart as well. And they just they, they don't miss tackles in the open field. They are just so extraordinary on that side of the ball that that's really what separates them and why they have a leg up on the SEC team right now. We'll continue our discussion with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here in just a second. But i got to tell you about Built Bar, because you've heard me tell you about it many times. And I really appreciate, and I know we all really appreciate the business that Built Bar does with us. But it's not just something that they pay us for and that we end up doing the ads for them. It's something that I actually use and something that I actually appreciate and something that actually works. And the thing about Built Bar is that you have 18 different flavors that are healthy, that are convenient, that are easy. And the best thing about it is we have a deal for you right here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. It's as simple as that. You can get as many bars as you want, no matter what. But if you enter in the promo code Locked On, you're going to get 20% off that order. That's a great deal and one that you have to take advantage of today. So again, head over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. Check out all of their different flavors. There are 18 different bars for something that's very healthy for all you health-conscious people, which I know we're all trying to be during this time of year. You do all that and enter in that promo code, you get 20% off. It's that simple. Again, BillBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Has Bo Pelini survived the season at LSU? No, no, and <laughs> I, I thought coming into this year that he would. I, I really did, and I, I said, I'm going to trust Coach O, and I'm going to trust Coach O when he says that the defense is going to be much better. I, I covered both Pelini back when I was in Nebraska, you know, in the early 2010s, and I was there for those home games. And I remember, you know, seeing games like when they would be up 21-7, to and then Brett Hundley and UCLA would score 37 unanswered on them. And both of them come into the postgame pressers, and he's just blaming players nonstop. And it's like, man, have you not made any adjustments? Have you not figured out yet that some of this has to come back to you? And there's just no accountability still. I mean, the lack of adjustments with this LSU defense is appalling. And he's getting paid $2.3 million this year. You can't make that much money and look that bad. Cocho didn't fire Matt Canada in the middle of that 2017 season, but you knew he wanted to. This, I don't know, if they continue to play like this, he might have a midseason coordinator to replace. But if they perform anywhere near this level, yes, it will be one and done for Bo Pelini and his Baton Rouge. Georgia and Bama are the better teams in the league. And even if you want to throw Florida into that mix, who's that next level? Where's that next team? Who are they that is the next level of uh, maybe competing with those teams or just saying we can kind of separate from the pack? You know, it, it's really up for grabs right now. I, I'd say A&M has to be included in that conversation because after they were just bad against Bama in the second half of that game, they really showed up and made some key plays to be able to come up with their first winning at the top five teams since 2014. A&M has to be part of that, and especially now that Auburn and LSU look more vulnerable than we thought coming into this year. And A&M is sitting there with a very favorable schedule. And Peter Burns made the point that A&M has a path to the playoff that's very favorable. And I, I don't think that they're going to be consistent enough to do that. But in that next tier, I think you have to include a team like that right now just because the West isn't quite as daunting as we once thought it was. And I, I think the East is still going to be really good. And I think that Tennessee has better days ahead. Georgia was a really bad matchup for that team. But 
we're going to find out a lot about Tennessee in the way that they bounce back against Kentucky. A Kentucky team that got its defensive mojo back still needs to be able to figure out who they are offensively. But I think that right now Tennessee and Texas A&M are kind of in that next group in Florida as well that has some things to figure out and could make a push. But it feels like they are all three of those teams are at really, really pivotal weeks coming up here, and they could make that push, but they still definitely have their fair share of issues. Well, Connor, we really appreciate you hopping on with us, man, talking some SEC football. It's been so uh, f- so fun so far than the first three weeks of the season. I'm sure it's going to get even crazier as the season goes on. But we enjoyed catching up with you, man. Enjoy this weekend, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 